Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right in to another episode of Queer as Folk. I am so happy to be back. It's been like three months since I we know. recorded. Oh, Just the God. whole world shut down due to the <laughs> coronavirus. And so we definitely want to send out just well wishes and positive vibes and Absolutely. thoughts and prayers to everybody. We hope you were all safe and your families were safe during all of that. Absolutely. I mean, it was just a time where we all needed to come together and um, just stay safe for all the ones that we care about, our, our loved ones, especially the elderly, you know, so definitely sending much love out to you guys. But we are back and um, take yeah. our minds off some of that craziness that was going out there, going out there in the world. Yeah. And, we get to uh, jump into a different kind of crazy. <laughs> absolutely. My favorite kind of crazy. Yeah. Okay. Babylonian craziness. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah. So we are looking at episode 103 today. And um, something that I found out recently was that the way the first three episodes were shot, they were almost shot like a like a three hour movie, basically. So they kind of were all one it's best like one ginormous episode was what they would refer to as the pilot. And so I think when you keep that in the back of your mind, it kind of makes some things a little bit clear when you watch these three episodes. But also when you think about it, it does kind of view like a movie. There are some stories that kind of in some ways wrap themselves up by the end of this episode. Since those three episodes are tied together, we might reference back to the first two episodes a little bit in our summary for these two. And right. also, don't be surprised if you hear my papers fluttering <laughs> as I'm shuffling through all my notes. <laughs> Yo, you were over there. I'm not yeah. lying. You were over there writing a novel. I, I know. We're trying to keep it professional, but you just might hear that in the background. But let that be just a testament to how good our microphones are. So let's Love spin it. it as a positive. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, just to jump in, um, the first scene starts off uh, with Michael. And he's at Melanie's and Lindsay's house. And they're having um, a... What is it? A bris. A bris. I love it. Yeah, a bris for baby Gus. It's just so funny, me being gay, it's so funny seeing the differences of lesbians and gay men. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it just him walking through that party, just seeing the group of women and how different every single person was. It was, it was just so funny. And there really is a difference um, between the two. Well, and definitely how we see Mel and Lindsay are celebrating this big major moment in their life. And just what little bit we've seen of the guys celebrating moments in their lives. It was totally different. (laughs) You know, there are a lot more uh, sweaty, naked bodies, a lot more glitter at the the guys celebrations than, um, yeah. at Mel and Lindsay's. Everyone was happy. They were smiling. They was laughing. It was joyful. You know, where the guys is always something that's lustful. So absolutely. It's never meaningful (laughs) when it comes to the guys. Which actually ties into what Michael says. He says that the difference between men and women that has nothing to do with being gay or lesbian is what Michael says is that he notices that women can commit to each other. Basically, they can be more serious in moments like this. And so that's just an interesting observation based on, you know, the comment you made. I mean, it's just that really, I mean, that's debatable because, I mean, really debatable. It just really, women are always feel like they always have that intimate connection and men, our minds do move very quickly, um, very fast to sex, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think because of where our guys are, like, you know, the very first episode opens with the thing you have to know is it's all about sex. But that's just because our guys, the whole arc of the show is about boys becoming men. And so based on where they are right now, how they view and do life right now, 
it, it you kind of see what Michael means when he says women can commit to each other, but men can't. So. Yeah, oh, I, I can, I can, I can <laughs> yeah. agree. No, no I'm I not can. saying Michael's right. I'm not no, saying, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It's the man in me is just don't want to, <laughs> don't want to agree to yeah, that. Yeah, no, I get that. it, I get it. No. Okay, so whatever we think about, whatever we decide about, what Michael's comment is, like you said, we do open up at Melanie and Lindsay's house. You know, another thing that I picked up on is that. It doesn't seem like the guys, even though they're there, well, Emmett and Ted and Michael are there. Brian's not there. We'll find out where he is in a minute. But it doesn't seem like they are super close to Melanie and Lindsay. So right. we're also kind of getting to see the beginning of the I inner guess, workings of their yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like how they're going to mesh together. So even though we don't know how long they've all been friends, it still seems like there's a newness or at least a shallowness. Yeah. So we're not coming in too far behind. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so everybody's, we're all at the same starting point and um, getting to know each other. Yeah. Okay. So like I said, um, Emmett, Ted, and Michael are there at the girls' house for a brisk and then um noticeably absent is brian <laughs> so uh michael says let me jump back an hour let's and then that's when we find out where brian is and he was in the best place that he could be he <laughs> yeah. was at the gym mm-hmm. um so uh brian when he's talking to michael and he's on like lifting weights on the bench he says i'm not going to the munchers brunch and so that's important to note Brian thinks it was just some other brunch that Melanie and Lindsay are having, you know, whatever. He's very dismissive of it. And so, like you said, Michael is following him into um, the sauna where Brian finds a, a little mate for the hour, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and before that, they're like, hey, Michael says, hey, you should come because this is important. You need to be there for your son. And he says he's only my son when they want my money. And oh. so there's still some tension but left between uh, Mel and Lindsay and Brian when it relate when it comes to Gus. And you know, Brian wants to be a part of the uh, of Gus's life, but he doesn't know how he actually fits in and he doesn't know how to make Gus fit into his life. Yeah. Uh, cuz you know, he lives a crazy fast life. But I will say he's very protective of Gus. When he actually found out what the brunch was about, um, you could definitely see his father instincts coming to life. At first, he's like, well, Gus won't notice that I'm not there. And then even when they're in the sauna, he tells Michael, well, just tell him I've got more important things to do. But the way he says it is not very convincing. You can tell he's just like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't know how to deal with this. This makes me uncomfortable. And so he just comes up with some very Brian excuse who says, tell him what you always tell him, that something came up. Mm. And then, you know, dismisses Michael, goes on to do what he's got planned with the other guy in the sauna. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then we're back at Melanie and Lindsay's house, and we find out Emmett is there with a plus one. (laughs) Katsuo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, there's a little bit of a language barrier. And mm. by a little bit, I mean total, full, complete language barrier that they do not speak the same no. language. <laughs> but listen, love is blind, baby. You, you know, don't even need words for it, that. It really all you is. need is a little sign language. That's all you need. You know, and it's 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 funny and uh it's a humorous you know thing <laughs> plot line in this episode, but Emmett is genuine, like he is really looking for you know, the next Mr. Right exactly. now. And he thinks it could be Katsuo. Yeah, he made that connection, okay? And his heart is totally, fully invested. Yeah, so 
um, Kazuo keeps repeating the same phrases, specifically the same word, kane, over and over again. So Ted leads him over to Melanie to have Mel translate. Like, <laughs> hey, tell, tell us what's going on here. And Mel is like, well, he's a male prostitute. Kane means money. <laughs> money. So kane, money, <laughs> cousins, okay? And so she's telling, she tells Ted and Michael this, but just great friends that they are. They do not relay this information to Emmett. So Michael lies and says, well, it means love. He just says he loves you so much. And gives <laughs> these all flowery words and description to Emmett. And Emmett is just completely touched. Melting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but while that's going on, Lindsay asks Michael, where's Brian? And Mel's like, let me guess. Something came up which mm. is exactly typical what, it's typical yeah. brian mm-hmm. i mean he's he doesn't do he won't surprise you yeah so then also in this moment they're explaining what a bris actually is it is not a brisket in my- <laughs> <laughs> are you coming is, for me yeah briskets are very delicious but <laughs> there is no brisket being served at the bris <laughs> So they explain that that is a circumcision ceremony for um, a Jewish infant. Oh, And tell Lord. them what's going on with that, and Emmett just completely passes out. <laughs> I'm right there with him. It makes me weak every time I think about it. Yeah. So then we leave them, and we go to a scene with Daphne and Justin, and they're in the backyard at the pool. Mm-hmm. And Justin is relaying what happened at the end of episode 102 when Brian came out and was like, look, you need to move on. It was what it was, and that's it. We're done now. So just time to move on. And as a true ride or die as she is, you know, she got Justin's back. She giving him different little scenarios that how to get back at Brian and things like that. So I love her. Like, yeah, she's, she's a ride like, or die. Don't sit here and be miserable. Go get you a new man. Exactly. <laughs> like you're young, you're good looking, but get out there. He's not the only one. Yeah. I mean, and so something I want to point out, like she does say, you're not a troll, you know. And in the last episode, in 102, Debbie points out to Justin when he's sitting at the diner with Michael, he points out, she points out like how all the guys are looking at him. And you can see how Justin is kind of shocked and surprised. Mm. And probably because he's used to being, we, well, we know that he was, I don't want, maybe not necessarily closeted, but he wasn't out. Right. And um, so he's not used to the attention. It's that. a lie. Yeah, I so mean. We're gonna, later on, we'll kind of see what happens with that. But anyway, I just wanted to get that point in there. True, 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 true. And, and let me just touching on it a, a little bit. When you were first coming out, I mean, you literally can feel like a superstar, but you have to literally go into, I mean, like it's phases because when you first come out, it's too much attention. All eyes are on you. It's almost like they can smell you. You're fresh meat. <laughs> you know, I'm no seriously like you're fresh uh-huh. meat and they can smell you, you know, and me personally, I'm a shy person, kinda ish. I don't like a lot of people just staring at me, and yeah. I mean, and that's that. Basically, that's what happens. So I know I, I can feel him on that. I definitely, definitely can feel where he's coming from with all the attention. It's it can be a bit much. Yeah. Okay. So in all the hubbub going on at Melody and Lindsay's house, we've got a passed out Emmett. We've got a male prostitute who is trying <laughs> to get his cane. Yeah. So with all of that going on, Michael takes a minute to call Brian and explain to him what a uh, bris is and so the they're getting ready to begin the ceremony they've got the baby um just all out and open and they're about to you know get to work on that and right before they're about to snip brian comes in and demands uh, you know yeah. mel and Lindsay come to the kitchen and he's like hey you should have asked my permission on this and this is just a very interesting situation 
to me. It's very, I don't know. I, I feel like Brian does not have a, a leg to stand on. Me personally, like, listen, he did a favor for his friends. Yeah. And, and you know, and donated his sperm to, you know, create this child, baby Gus. He is totally disrespecting Melanie in this situation. And I'm very upset that Lindsay never comes to her defense. I could never have my wife or my husband never defend me. Yes, he is the sperm donor. Yeah. But he is not the parent. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. They, The three of them are not on one accord with what Brian's role is. Because I think for Melanie, Brian's role ended nine months ago. Exactly. For Brian, it's still in some gray, undefined area. He's is pretty sure he knows what Melanie thinks. Like, Melanie thinks his role is over, but... There's still a tug, I want to say, in his heart, even though Brian and his friends might argue he doesn't have a heart at this point. But I mm. want to say there's a tug in his heart for him to have some type of role there. And I think Lindsay, who is his friend and who cares for him and knows he cares for her, she's she's probably thinking Brian probably cares for this kid, too. And so it's just this weird gray area, right. except for when it comes to Melanie. And so it's just, I don't know. It's Are you, wait, are you... Do you think Brian is disrespecting Melanie? Oh, absolutely. Because okay. this is the thing. This is important because this is this is the way that Gus gets brought into Melanie's family, basically. Right. And so that's why this is a big deal for her. Mm-hmm. And, for, and I mean, all her family's there. Her friends are there. And you got to cut. I mean, it's embarrassing for one. <laughs> you know, it's he didn't bother to educate himself on what exactly they were doing at this brunch. And then so just to bust up in there and be like, we're not doing that. Yeah, like, I mean. It, I, so it's like, I understand where he's coming from, but yes, it's very disrespectful. This is not the time to be having that conversation. But I also get that like everybody should have, the three of them should have handled this well before now. Well, my thing is, now that you did this, knowing that how special it was to Melanie and Lindsay, are you really going to step up to the plate and be a part of Gus' life? If you're going to be a part of the of the child's life, then most definitely make that decision. You should have been involved. You know, like you said, same accord. Y'all need to be on the same wave. Yeah. And um, but he needs to step it up. He's so indecisive. I mean, it just makes me feel like you're being extremely disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Lindsay does ask uh, Brian, "Why does it matter to you if he's circumcised?" She's like, "Why do you care? Why are you making this an issue?" And then he says, "Because he's already." He's just, you know, gotten into the world, just fresh and on the scene, and already he's not being accepted for who he is. And that I know for Brian, as a as a gay man, would have deeper meaning and more meaning to him. But still, it's like I get that argument. I get where he's coming from. That's a valid point. But still, this is just like overstepping his bounds. I think mm, it definitely overstepping his bounds yeah. for sure. So, but we get to a scene at the diner and we find out that there was a compromise. So in exchange for Gus not being circumcised, uh, Brian signed the life insurance policy that was lingering from episode 102. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Which was still like, that life insurance policy still has me like, <laughs> ooh, like feeling a little bit, you know, a little shaky, a little uneasy. But that's what I'm saying ugh. because it's a little bit on both sides. Yeah. Like, yeah, Brian was kind of wrong in this situation but then for them to expect come up with a million you, dollar policy right and we don't want you to have any other involvement yeah. just give us this policy so like like us everybody's got some yeah true there's a so whole true. lot of not blame but <laughs> stuff to be passed around please okay <laughs> they need to have a, a sit down i mean cook it up in the kitchen for hours yeah yeah definitely oh need to get 
get the pen and paper out and get to work on this. But what I did love about the diner scene was how natural Debbie is. Debbie is so funny, so witty. She was the perfect waitress. Her banter was so funny how she went back and forth with Emmett. And her got lube shirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, you know, she's just, I mean, always on time. I just love her. It's it's always a fun time when you see Debbie. Yeah. So something Brian says, well, because they're all like, hey, we got a victory over the lesbians. And, um, you know, they they joke a lot about the the lesbians. But I do believe that they love Mel and Lindsay. But anyway, Brian says it wasn't a about that it was about my son and the the friends at the table are kind of shocked and taken aback by that because they're not used to brian acting on someone else's behalf and he was genuine i think when he said it was about my son it wasn't about me he was very genuine in what he said so yeah they're just kind of shocked to see that true yeah i mean and and it was a a good moment for brian because you don't you hardly ever get to see um, the softer sides and the more sensitive layers of him. Um, so it was definitely nice to see. And I know why he, he he's he's so attached. Yes, it is his child, but this one is innocent. He's pure. Yeah. And it's like a fresh start, I believe, for him. And if he felt that he messed up, because literally he has some darkness um, in him. I don't know what Brian's struggle is yet, but I can see it in him. And um, it's going to it's going to reveal himself. But I think that he sees Gus as being, you know, innocent and pure and a fresh start. Yeah, And just one that mm-hmm. one to protect him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. OK, so I think as their nights probably typically go, they go to the diner and fuel up. Then they go to Woody's and loosen up. <laughs> <laughs> so they leave the diner and they're on their way to to Woody's. And as they're walking, um, Michael and Ted are kind of walking side by side. And this guy bumps into to Ted and turns around and he's revealed to be Blake. Uh, Michael has seen him at the gym before and he's kind of eyeing Ted up. And Ted is very dismissive. He's like, ain't no way that guy is interested in me. But Ted is really staring him down. Exactly. I mean, Blake, I'm sorry. Blake is staring Ted down. Blake, um, B- Blake is the definition of thirsty. Like, I mean... <laughs> He could like look right through him like X-ray vision eyes. He he's killing it. Um, but yeah. Blake is very attractive. He's he's cute, um, young. Okay, so side note, and we don't do this a whole lot because we like to stay in the world of the show. But I'm gonna just share a little bit of behind the scenes trivia or info. The guy who plays Blake, yeah, was kind of in line to play Justin. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I, I can see it. Same type well, of like vibe. Young, yes, uh-huh. young, innocent looking face, blonde right. hair, blue mm-hmm. eyes, you know. Yeah, but I can see it. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out yeah, in the Good little trivia. Good yeah. little, little, little trivia. <laughs> but um, back to Blake. Yeah, um, Blake, he works at the gym, like they said, so they, they kind of know him. He's a familiar face. But um, Ted is just not feeling it. And, he, you know, he's an introvert. Just not, just not his cup of tea. Yeah, yet. and just very self-deprecating, mm-hmm. and is like no way that guy will be interested in me. Um, but also, like we know, Michael doesn't know at this point, but we know that Ted's got a little flame for yes. for Michael. Mm-hmm. And so as they're walking, um, well, Ted um, is down on himself, saying he can't get anyone, and Michael is trying to boost his confidence back up and let him know that hey, you can get someone, but I can't get anyone either. And that's when Ted leans in and tells yeah. Michael, what did he say? He said something that was super sweet and yeah. confident. Yeah, well, they, well, there Flirty, are two I different mean. ones. But this first one here, it's kind of, well, uh, Ted says sex is something that you have with a stranger, never someone you care about. And he's just being sarcastic because he's, you know, here he is very interested in Michael, would love to date Michael, but Michael's got 
his eyes, we know where. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, you know, and Ted is like, oh, yeah, sure. Why would we choose to have some type of meaningful relationship with anybody? Why don't we just, you know, we should definitely just go pick up randoms. So they have this conversation and later on they'll have another deep conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I just like those little those little nuggets that Ted mm-hmm. spits out there. Seriously, though. After uh, Ted and Michael have that little moment, we shift to see Daphne and Justin stepping onto onto the scene, onto Liberty Avenue. Mm -hmm. This is Daphne's first venture onto Liberty Avenue, and she is dressed like uh, that movie Rami and Michelle. Yeah, she is. But she's living her best life. She is like (laughs) loving it. Yeah, I love Daphne. Mm -hmm. She is out there supporting her friend because she told him, hey, if you want him, go get him, or at least go make him jealous. And so she's like, I'm going to be right here with you. And so she's there for She's along for the ride. True him. friend on the strip. Okay, not not giving a care in the world. She's just there to support her uh, her homie, and they got they came to win and came to slay. Yeah. So then we go back to Melanie and Lindsay's house, and they are things are still a little bit tense there uh, because they're dealing with the aftermath of the failed bris and. <laughs> Lindsay makes a so Mel is saying, Hey, this is important to my family, it's important to me. And Lindsay was like, Well, you know, some men see this as mutilation. And Lindsay starts making these arguments. And I'm like, Lindsay, if you truly felt like this, you should have said this beforehand because now it just looks like you're taking Brian's side in exactly. your relationship, which is already what Melanie is afraid of and worried about. Exactly. And so, yeah, they just need to have <laughs> the I'm two telling of you, them. a sit down needs, needs to be had and yeah. some type of agreement because it's just going to always, it's going to, always affect the relationship yeah well because that's what melanie says you put brian before me and Lindsay's like no i don't but because even if Lindsay independently felt that she didn't want to go through with it there was a don't wait until brian mm-hmm. said something first like true you know you gave him the opportunity to seemingly come between the two of you i literally can just see it getting really messy you know um it being super messy as in he has parental rights you know yeah. so no matter what melanie says he trumps her yeah and um i mean it can oh it yeah. can just get really <laughs> so, nasty quick yeah and so that kind of stays lingering and then the guys are now in woody's uh brian's playing pool and he spots um what's gonna be his kill for the night this guy in like this shimmery silver shirt who i'm just gonna refer to as the silver surfer um who was super <laughs> hot by the way yeah he was literally glistening you see his yeah, skin is glistening yeah. I loved so it. while brian has spotted that target michael has spotted his mom and his uncle and he is not happy about that <laughs> uh and then they make some comment about brian's tattoo i really think that's an urban legend because in the first episode we pretty much saw every inch of brian's skin mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think that there is a real tattoo i think that's some story that got put out there i heard it it was under the gooch oh. <laughs> just saying you know oh. brian out there you never know what you he got never in the know gooch. but i think it's one of those things where like if it's something he doesn't care about he won't even bother correcting <laughs> exactly like, whatever believe what you want true <laughs> yeah so that's mystery. what i think about the whole the urban legend of brian Uh, exactly so uh after spotting his mom and uncle michael also spots uh justin Justin and daphne Daphne. yeah and that justin goes to deb and of course it's like i'm looking for for brian and then daphne spots him this time and she's like oh he's so old and skinny Exactly. And um, you see how defensive that Justin gets yeah. real quick because, yes, he's there to get his man and you're not going to disrespect him. That so. is right. Yeah. <laughs> so then 
Michael's response to seeing Justin and Daphne there is very interesting to me because he's like, I thought we got rid of him. Why is he? Um, I thought he was out of our lives. And it's like, Michael, he doesn't care about you. He's out there to see you. Exactly. But, but just how Michael has lumped himself into Always. Brian, you mm-hmm. know? And I think, you know, that's what we talked about that. I think after that first episode where Michael was like, okay, Brian's had him. Now he's done with him. Now he's out of our lives. I don't have to worry about him exactly. anymore. And so Michael is taking this personally, even though like, Justin is not checking for Michael at all. At all. No. Like, <laughs> if anything, I'm just going to use you as the pawn to get closer to, you know, the king that I want yeah. to be. You know? But I like, so Brian is kind of interesting right here because he says to Michael, he says, leave him alone. He said he's all right. And then he says, yeah, he's actually kind of sweet. And Brian's not being sarcastic. He's really just no. like, he's fine. Because he knew it was cute. I mean, it was cute the fact that everywhere they they turn up. Yeah. He's there. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking to his mom, which he had met a week before. Yeah. And Brian's used to being chased by exactly. his ex tricks or hopeful tricks. But I think what's different is there's a genuineness mm-hmm. with Justin who's not trying to get with him because he's stud of Liberty Avenue. He just really likes him. Exactly. Genuinely interested in him as a person. And so I do think that Brian finds that sweet and endearing. And mm-hmm. endearing. True. Um, so um, that leaves Brian um, still, even though he said something sweet. He still has his eye on the prize. Oh, yeah. Well, he got to find the silver spoon. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> definitely, um, he scurries on off yeah. um, to find his he, prey. Yeah, he leaves. like, oh, Michael, you distracted me. The guy <laughs> got away. So, of course, Brian leaves, which means who else leaves? Michael. Michael, the usual. <laughs> so, his tag along. Yeah. So, he's out there trying to find Brian, who's trying to find somebody else. Like, this hey, is perfect. pay attention to the fact that nobody's chasing you, Michael. Exactly. But anyway. Well, there is one person <laughs> that's chasing is. him. Yeah. So, he is outside and bumps into Tracy from work. Work yeah. Tracy. Mm-hmm. Oh. At the gay bar. Yeah, and she says, (laughs) she says, you always hear about it, but you never, but whoever comes here, talking about Liberty Avenue, which is something I wanted to ask. So for Tracy and her friends, and then just for other people, like, it seems like there's almost this fine line between going to places as just like, hey, I want to expose myself to new experiences or other experiences or other people, other cultures, other ideologies, and being like, I'm a tourist at a zoo and I'm just, you know, observing, you know, I see something different and weird and I want to observe it. It just seems well, like that's we, a fine well, line. Well, we know that's how, exactly how they feel. That's how they kind of treated him in um, the previous episodes before when they went out to the bar. So, I mean, I definitely can get that, you know, if you're different, if you're a homosexual, you know, we're going to, you know, look at you. We're going to exploit you, basically. Yeah, yeah. We just want to see, like, how the other half lives. On the other hand, there's a very innocent depiction of that with Daphne, like we said, with her coming to Liberty Avenue. And just like, this is my friend. I'm supporting him. I'm being here for him. And yeah, with that, I see a man dressed as a woman when she's like, is that a he or a she? And she's not being rude. She's just like. Curious. Yes. But also, it's a generational gap, too. I mean, she is of the the younger generation. Generations at the time she's 17, That's 17, true. 18 ish. Yeah, yeah. And Michael um, and Tracy, they're like 30. And, you know, That's we true. know for a fact they're a minimum of 29, you know, yeah. so uh, older people. So she's more, you know, free in her spirit and thinking, where, you know, Tracy, you never know her upbringing and how her mind could think. So. That's true. So um, uh, Brian comes because he doesn't find his guy. So he comes back and sees Michael there and then sees that Michael is talking to Tracy. And then uh, Michael emphasizes, this is Tracy from work, you know, basically saying like, you know, the place that I'm still in the closet. So. And Brian does the <laughs> ultimate jerk dick move. <laughs> yeah. And what does he does? 
he he makes pull, it pay for it. He yes, makes it he pay does. for hiding and lying. Yeah. Absolutely. And Michael is what Brian is saying, he's not trying to be malicious toward Tracy, but that's still not cool. No, like it's telling not. her that he likes you. When but you it's know not cool Durnwell. that Michael's not living his truth either, though. That, you're right. Michael should you're, be living his truth and should be proud. Right. That's not on Brian to tell to speak Michael's truth. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's not. But then also he wanted Brian to lie. But depending on Brian, come on now, he he should have known better. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. I would yeah. never depend on Brian to come save me. Never. He should have immediately, like, hightailed it out of there. Exactly. Uh, okay, so back inside Woody's, Debbie, Vic, Daphne, and Justin are still in there. And uh, Justin notices that at least Brian, perhaps the whole gang, has moved on. They're not there anymore. And so Debbie says, oh, well, what, what time, time is, is it? it? Yeah, oh, it's Babylon time. So, uh, and then they're like, okay, that's where we're going. And uh, it makes it clear that you have to have a card to get in there. And so Vic passes his card over, which is very a small thing. But I think um, there's a lot of depth in that. Mm-hmm. You know, Vic is not only because Vic is older, but also Vic has, I'm not sure if they say if he has AIDS or HIV, but um, I think he has AIDS because she makes it sounds like this is his last trip going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, but um, either he's somewhere mm-hmm. between the two, and um, so it's this very small thing. But there's a whole wealth of story that could have been explored there. But you know, we just kind of don't have time. It with- was the passing of the torch, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. And so then. Justin goes to Babylon as Vic, a 47-year-old man, <laughs> or however old he is. <laughs> yeah. And um, they walk in, and he is immediately kind of like, oh. It's overwhelming. I'm telling you. It touches back on what I was saying earlier. Listen, you go through these different phases and stages of when you're coming out. Um, in your mind, you think you can handle it all, but you're really not ready because – systematically you've been taught something totally different yeah. you know and yeah. then when you finally go i mean it's so much that you're taking in and when he walks through babylon you can yeah. see that it was like so much going on naked bodies everywhere music lights yeah. flashing i mean daphne was living she was here for it okay <laughs> she was about it yeah. but uh he was like are you ready to go like he, he just yeah. wasn't ready for it at that time but um that's just him being young and he had, he didn't come into himself yet. He needed an extra little push, yeah. which I loved. And I didn't think about this until you were just speaking just now. But also, he went there to get Brian. But you walk in, and there's a room full of these beautiful, mm-hmm. experienced men. And so and he's probably like feeling already defeated because, like mm-hmm. you said, he doesn't really kind of know himself just yet. Hasn't even exactly. though he feels like he has this experience, he hasn't fully come into. Mm-hmm. Um, of, to who he is and what he's worth. So yeah, I can. I now I get why he was like, let's turn around and get out of here. Exactly. Uh, so then there's another set of best friends in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> that yes. is Michael and Brian trying to find an empty stall in the bathroom. Um, and I love this scene. It was it was an intimate moment. Um, it was very cool, and it kind of it kind of gave you that that insight to really see how Michael really felt because they kind of yeah. barely touched on it briefly in previous episodes, but this one, it it definitely gave you what you needed. It let you see how close to the surface those desires were for Michael. Exactly. We knew that they were there, but we probably, but you could say, well, they're just, they're buried. Exactly. Deep, but this lets you know, like just how close to the surface they are. And, um, so they have some, I would think it'd be the equivalent to ecstasy. Well, I've or heard Molly. it has something. It's a mixture of things, but I've heard that one of the things 
in it is um something like a, a viagra or something close to oh, that oh <laughs> yeah okay got it so it's something definitely a sex in, you yeah know it's, it's definitely okay. t- designed to get you in the mood mm. um and so they you know take that and Brian's clearly tripping on it and just kind of letting it flow through him. And Michael is talking about uh, eBay and Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Just like total geek things, but just making small talk. Just wanting to be close. Yes, uh wanting to be close. And it's kind of funny when you see the like huge gaps between their interests and their personalities, but they're still best friends. But that's a very real thing. True. Opposites attract. Yeah, and I have. Friends that I'm very close with, like, yeah, you have your thing, I have my thing, but we're still, you know, really good friends. But yeah, like you said, so Michael, as they're feeling the effects of this special K or special trail mix, trail mix, what? Yes. Sorry, uh, as they're feeling the. I thought it was called special K. It could be, but I yes, think okay, they refer yeah. to it as a mix okay. at some point later. <laughs> Y'all know what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so uh, Brian is feeling the effects of that, and so is Michael. But also, Michael is thinking we're in this tight, confined space. Like exactly. The, the, they're like moans and groans in the background. You hear other dim men. lights. Yeah, yeah. And like, clearly, very few people are actually peeing in the bathroom. True. And at this point, they're forehead to forehead, like their noses yeah. are touching. They are like, darn near body to body and so michael's hands start going on a little their own little trail yeah. <laughs> and you know, down brian's back and like across his butt and then around to the front and then brian's and then he he kisses him which we see them mm-hmm. kiss you know quite a bit they're best friends and yeah it's always a little flirty with yeah them. well and yeah we'll we'll see more of that and kind of delve into that in later episodes but i think for brian it's like the equivalent of a hug exactly for brian for mm-hmm. michael maybe not but for brian it's all it is but so he feels michael like this is clearly meaning something different to michael so he immediately like stops like hey what are you doing uh, and i love how michael like he's never he, michael is never gonna own his own shit at no, all never, never. Uh-huh. um nothing it was it was um the special trail mix kicking in yeah stop it just tell that was your chance right there if you really wanted it you should have claimed what you wanted you should say right then i'm claiming what's mine yeah. You've been wanting this for 15 years. Come on, this is your chance. You finally got those lips. It's a dark room. <laughs> Everybody's getting it in. Y'all both on the drug. Get it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But Brian is just like, yeah, sure, that's that's what it was. And he just, he just instead of making a big deal or making uh, Michael feel bad or awkward about it, he's well, like, yeah, we'll just dismiss it as yeah. that. But, but Brian clearly does not want it to be anymore. At so all. Just for a brief, like, half a second, we see Michael's face, and he looks Oh, I've just been rejected. Like he registers Hurt. that as, yeah, I've been rejected. And so, and to highlight that point, when they go out of there, Brian is back on the hunt for yep. the Silver Surfer and finds him. <laughs> yeah, he spots him, and so he's like trying to go, um, you know, go track him down. And then Emmett comes up to Michael and says, "I can't find Katsuo. He's missing." Like, <laughs> poor Emmett, just the love of his life. They have had a day, exactly <laughs> a whole day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So then we go see Ted. We find Ted and he's at the bar and he has been trying to strike up conversation <laughs> with guy after guy. He's like, hey, how's it going? Pat, How it, are you? It's, it's heartbreaking for me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Poor Ted. Oh. And I think he's just kind of like resigned to the fact that, you know, it's he's gonna not, it's not going to happen for him. Yeah. And um, so, the, but then Michael comes over. He's like, hey, you can buy me a drink. And I think that's kind of like an almost tongue in cheek thing for us as audience members who know that. Ted is into Michael. Right. But yeah. 
Uh, but anyway, so what's interesting to me is uh, Ted asks him like what he's on. And he says, I'm on some of Brian's mix. And Ted makes a face at Michael like he can't believe him or he's annoyed. Mm, and that's mm-hmm. just like an interesting little knowing where we're going. That's just like a hmm, right. interesting. Well, I mean, it's, I think... For one, it's always like, why are you always chasing Brian? Yeah. That was the look right there. I, yeah, Not, it wasn't even, right. it wasn't even right. about like he was on the mix. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm on Brian's mix. But, like you're so you're yeah. acting really thirsty. You can yeah. do better than Brian. Right. Like why are you trying to be like him? Or yeah, why you exactly. Chasing? You do yeah. whatever he puts in front of you. Exactly. Like, and have a mind of your own. Thank you. Have a mind of your own. <laughs> yeah. You're your own catch. You can do better than him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually gonna come back up later. So, but while they're at the bar. Michael notices that Blake is there eyeing Ted again. And he's like, hey, he's winking at you. And Ted's Stalker like, alert. crystal in his eye. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Blake has not gone away from no. their little bump on the street to now he's eyeing him at the, at the bar. <laughs> and here's another moment where uh, Ted and Michael have a, a pretty serious talk, like even there in the midst of Babylon. And Ted says, because Michael says, well, you're not the only one who can't get anyone interested in you. I can't either. Mm. And Ted says, you could get someone interested in you. And he says, you're worth so much more than you know. But it's just like, you could get somebody else if you could just get your mind off the... (laughs) And low key, he was shooting his shot. Yeah, I mean, Michael felt that. Michael knew what that was. Yeah, I mean, but he just chose not. To, yeah, not yeah. to hear because his heart is still attached. Like, right? Yeah, you can be led to the water, but can't nobody make you drink. That's true, and he—you're exactly right. He, he is still attached. Like, even though it seems completely futile and pointless, he just can't let go of the possibility that something could work out with Brian. Absolutely. Yeah. So Ted has had enough and he just decides, you know, I'm going to call it a night. So he's leaving. And as he's on his way out, Blake calls him, gets his (laughs) attention and it's like, hey, are you going home? Yeah, it gets a little intense. And they have this little talk and Blake is clearly trying to tag along to the house. (laughs) Where are the Blakes at these days? I don't know anybody that persistent and thirsty. Like, maybe it's just me. If you just, if I come at you at least, if I'm staring at you literally three minutes straight without blinking and you do not acknowledge me, and then I pop up at another spot and stare at you three, four minutes smiling and you do not acknowledge me, I'm not chasing you outside. Yeah. I don't know where the determined, I guess you don't have to be as determined anymore. Because you'd be like, okay, on to the next. Yeah, like, let me just get the grinder. Yeah, let yeah. me grab, bring up the grinder on there. Okay, yeah. 300 feet, okay. Yeah, so we kind of lose out on that. Yeah. Um, so at first, Ted is just dismissive and he's like, you know, I'm just going to call it a night. Uh, Blake asks if he wants company or if he can come with him. And he's like, no, it's okay. But then Ted just decides to go for it, you know? Uh, he's like, I'm used to being rejected. Here's a person who's not rejecting me. I don't know why, you know, but who cares? Yeah. It's my night <laughs> right, and I'm going to yeah. seize the moment. He's wanting to come. So sure. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Emmett, uh, spots Katsuo in Babylon. He's being oh run my down God. by, um, some great uh, old sugar daddy. Yeah, basically okay. that's what it is. Yes. Um, so he calls, he calls, um, Melanie, you know, basically to kind of find out what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Petty. Yeah. 
And then that takes us back to well, yeah, because he wants to trans he wants her to translate so he can basically go off on it. Yeah, so he, you know, he was gonna give it to her in his native tongue, okay? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that takes us back to Melanie and Lindsay, and we finally get like some sort of loose, rocky resolution with the whole uh, Brian Gus Briss insurance thing, and. Uh, it pretty much wraps up with Lindsay saying, hey, you come first and, you know, we I had this child with you. That's what I wanted. I wouldn't have done it without you. It doesn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Actions speak louder yeah, than words. It's like, I'm trying to believe you, Lindsay. Uh, but yeah, I'm just going to revisit that. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. You know, yeah. the, the jury, what is the jury? Yeah, the open. jury's out. Yeah, out. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. still out right yeah, now. Yeah, like, I'm so, going to let you make it tonight because yeah. y'all have had a tumultuous exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah, girl, I feel bad for you because yeah, it's been rough for y'all you. Y'all got embarrassed yeah. in front of all of Melanie's family <laughs> and your friends. That's so like I'm going to the you... wedding and objecting, you know? Yeah. Like, and let's not forget, there was a video camera at this. They were recording was, this. Exactly. And this is what Gus is going to have to remember for the rest of his life. Yeah, so I'm going to let her make it this time. Um, so we're back at Babylon and Emmett is really affected by what happened with Katsuo and he says to Michael, um, why do I give my heart to trash? And Brian, what Brian says is true with just the way Brian says it. It's so Brian. But he, he has says, no finesse. Yeah, he says, because you want to see it in the dumpster, which when you think about it, it's like Emmett, you were going into a relationship with a person that you cannot communicate with nope. <laughs> like, at all you cannot communicate you didn't even know him you picked him up and you loved on him for one day yeah and so he's like well of course <laughs> you know your heart's in the dumpster obviously you wanted it there so and he did give his heart genuinely yeah, but i, I think, mean well, there was I no work open to romance and that's he wants okay. it yeah exactly yeah. he and wants brian it. is a person who like completely dismisses it doesn't want to believe it is a real thing or that it exists and emmett is totally open to it. you know as as um set in his opinion as brian is so is emmett just in the other direction so he was genuine but it was just like hey this was probably not the right, you know, wagon to hit yourself to. <laughs> True. And they always, like, day in and day out, they literally watch Brian win constantly. Yeah. It doesn't matter how shitty he treats someone or, you know, how positive he can be in someone's life. He's always going to win. He has a great job. He has the perfect look. He has all the guys, yeah. you know. Um, he's very desirable. And, yeah, which... Um, yeah, because he just spotted his guy again, finally, <laughs> yet again. The guy keeps getting away from him. He's so elusive. Yes. But yeah, so you're exactly right. He's like, there he is. I got him this time. You know, target lock, about to seal the deal. Yeah. So while he goes off to do that, we go back to Ted's house with Blake. And, um, you know, they're kind of settling in at, at Ted's. And um, they have a, just a sweet moment where they're just kind of talking to each other and just genuinely connecting. Because, you know, it could look like maybe Blake was just... Uh, he looked like a hustler from the start. Yeah, well, really yeah, and it could going, look like he was trying to take advantage of him yeah, in some way, that's or what that I he thought. was just like basically trying to prank him, like, "Ha ha, you really thought I would come home with you?" But that it looks like yeah, a genuine exactly. connection because there were tons of other men at Babylon that uh, if if Blake wasn't interested in him, that he could have gone home with. So I, I really think it was a genuine, uh, little intimate moment that they had at the beginning, and so that scene is going to be intercut with um, the rest of some other scenes at Babylon. One of those scenes is uh, Daphne and Justin watching Brian finally land, not only the silver surfer, but he pulls over Ooh. this other golden beefcake. Oh yeah, That's who he is. The golden beefcake. Perfect example. Tats on the arm, tribal, you know, yeah. like, I mean, just the all American glistening yeah. with the lights and, 
Oh, he pulls him. Yeah. But my favorite part is Justin. Yeah. We don't see that scared little boy. We see this bold, brave man come to life. He takes his shirt off. He walks down those stairs. He don't see nobody but Brian. And yeah. all eyes are on him. Like, literally, it's like the light just hits him. Yeah. And he's following. Their eyes are, like, connecting. Yeah. And he's walking directly, so confident with his shirt off, right <laughs> to Brian. And what he does, he pulls all the attention off of Brian onto him. Yeah. Everyone that was on Brian flocked to him yeah he has arrived well, what happens is so daphne says is he really gonna do it with both of them and then justin says he can do whatever he want and it's like it clicks in, in justin's mind like so can I, I exactly <laughs> yeah and justin at this point is still convinced that brian does want him too so he's like i know what i have to do I've, if i'm gonna be with brian or show that i'm you know on his level or can be his equal and i some have to way, match him yeah i have to match mm-hmm. i know how to i have to know how to play the games that he plays and so yeah, like you said, takes that shirt off and just con- he doesn't tell anybody Daphne what he's doing. He's just like going. Girl, forward. it was like the rise of the phoenix. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> and then girl, even was. Emmett, like up on the you know the catwalk, Michael and Emmett are watching, and Emmett looks down and sees this, and he's like, "What's the boy doing?" Is mm-hmm. what is what. Emmett but Michael says. is the ultimate hater. Yeah, he looks so sad. He is so annoyed. Yeah, he is, <laughs> and you look at Daphne. Daphne is living. Yeah, okay, like yeah. she is here for it. Okay, we talked she is about for that. the shits. And you look over there at Michael and he is in misery land. Yeah, just like the difference between the two best friends. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because Michael has all this, his friendship with Brian is shaded by all this other extra junk. He can't genuinely be just happy or even just kind of amused by what's going on here because clearly this is not Brian's norm. You know, what's, what's going to ultimately happen. But Daphne is just like, yes, best friend. Exactly. No, for real though. Like she's here for it. I love her. Yeah. And she's going to support him no matter what. Yeah. So like we said, intercut with this, we're going back and forth between Babylon and Ted's house. Mm-hmm. So at Ted's house, they were kind of making out on the couch and then uh, things are starting to progress and Blake pulls back and and he pour he offers um some ghb to ted and this is this is something that's very real in the community and i'm not trying to take it so deep because we definitely definitely want to focus on the no, show but, it's a real- but sometimes i mean drugs in the gay community is something that i mean that's just running rampant right now and every person i've encountered um recently i just started working working very closely um uh, in um the neighborhood, the neighborhood where in my city that I'm from. And it seems like it's definitely an issue. And I don't know how we get hooked on it. I don't know, you know, like how it's introduced to us, yeah. but it's something that's taken over and it's destroying the community. I mean, you literally see so many homeless, you see so many um, HIV um, and AIDS patients mm-hmm. um, from it, just from drugs, you know, lowering the inhibitions and yeah. just, I mean, messing with the wrong people, shooting up with needles. I mean, it's just taking over and it's just ruining so many different lives. Yeah. And it's just so sad. Well, that was my question. Like, why even introduce it? Like, they were, they were having a good night like they were fine they were into each other they were into what was happening it's like i was like why even introduce it and i was disappointed in ted too because i mean even though ted is the shy one of the group i doesn't feel i don't feel that he falls into peer pressure not saying that blake was pressuring him into doing the drugs yeah but he knows better he yeah. doesn't have to take any supplements or any drugs and things like that substances um you know to be with someone yeah uh, i guess it was just because the he moment was, yeah in the moment and he wasn't expecting this like so he was kind of willing to take whatever blake was offering because he was 
I think he was genuinely shocked and surprised that Blake really wanted to come home with him, that the night was going so well, that the guy didn't get there. And it's like, hey, you know what? Now that I see you in real life. But you can't be that thirsty where you jeopardize your own morals and yourself. Exactly. But I think like Ted really does have super low self-esteem. And so if a person comes to him and is like, I want to be with you and let's do it in this way, then I could see Ted, you know, I think if this would have been in like a corporate setting, then maybe not. You know, Absolutely. Probably not. At his job, if just some coworker walked in and was like, hey, Ted, drink this, then probably not. But because it was related to his self-worth, his he was already feeling rejected by not only Michael, but all the other guys that were right. on. So I think because it was, this doesn't excuse it. It really is a big issue. And clearly the way this is going to go down. But I think that might have been what was going on in his head. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. I just, it was just. It was just a sad, disappointing moment for me. Yeah. No, very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and clearly he had no experience of what he was doing because he like, damn. I'm down <laughs> it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, God. I mean, at least ask a question like, do I sip this? Exactly. I- How much do I take? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, and also, you don't even know what it does. Right. You don't even do drugs. Like, are you just going to take the shot and not yeah. even know what it is yet? Yeah. Okay. GHB I mean, is used a as a date rate. Also, and so like, you just need to, yeah. if you're going to do drugs, be in a safe place with safe people exactly people you actually know not one night stands yeah yeah that's definitely yeah a lot of so what happens just a lack of wisdom after he takes it well so he takes that and at first they just kind of get back well he's like i don't feel anything and they just kind of you know go on uh but then after a couple minutes, it kind of starts to hit it. Yeah. And he starts reacting to it, and it is not pretty. It does not look good. Um, no, it's actually um, terrifying. Um, he overdoses. He um, yeah. ODs on GHB. Yes. Yeah, so and- Ted is seizing, mm-hmm. and Blake's kind of freaking out and it's like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? This is not what I had planned. So Blake grabs the bottle of GHB and runs out of the house. And that's kind of the last we see of Blake. And then we see. Uh, Ted laying there on the floor, pretty much looking unconscious. Exactly. Seizing. Yeah. Mm. So then we're back at Babylon. And it's such a, to me, it's an interesting cut how those things are interlaced. But I think something with this show is they always kind of balance like heavy moments Mm -hmm. with something lighter so that the show just kind of lives in between right, those exactly. two exactly but it, it just time. gives you a, a good flow because you yeah. can you don't want to be down and sad constantly or you, always up you need right. some type of you know or yeah, range you need and, to address the mm-hmm. dark depths of things but all, because there's other drug use in this show and it was Brian just enjoying himself and having exactly. fun so you mm-hmm. can't like say all oh, drugs are bad because they lead to overdoses and seizures exactly. but then you've got Brian who's just using that to fuel his fun for the night exactly so they show both of those and they'll do that in a lot of different ways. And so I actually appreciated mm-hmm. that, even though it could seem like a weird thing to intercut those two different scenarios, but I appreciated it. Then we're, we're back at, at Babylon. And like you said, Justin has come down there. And at this point, Brian is dancing with his, with the silver surfer and the golden and, beefcake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Justin comes down and stands right beside them. It is just like working it. Yes. Okay. Not <laughs> yeah. one care in the world. Feeling the vibes, yes. feeling the music. 
And Brian's guys, who he's been chasing all night, take notice of Justin. Turning it out. Yes. And so they are like, oh, wait a minute. I want to be over here. Because <laughs> he's young and yeah, the hot this is stuff. Fresh like meat. I said, fresh yeah. meat. They can smell him. Yeah. And he looks like, you know, all his characters just like thrown to the wind, all costume thrown to the wind. So they're like, yeah, that's where I want to be. Exactly. We can but, catch Brian next time. Yeah, true. So, that, you know, <laughs> they leave Brian, but being Brian... He's definitely going to pull rank and trump everybody. He just pulled Justin right on in. Yeah. And he wins, as always. But I think, but I actually think Justin wins. In no, this yeah, list. Justin won and because, he did that. He because did that. if this was about who is the the biggest stud here or whatever, then Brian would have just taken the two guys back. True. But that's not what he did. He went for Justin. Yeah, true. And, yeah. So it was a chess move. It wasn't checkers. Yeah. Like, it was really thought out. I thought yeah. it was... It was a really, really good scene. I loved it, actually. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you, you got a lot. As in Justin's confidence finally coming out, you know. And then we got to see Brian's thinking. He enjoyed the game. Yeah. Justin finally matched him. Right. And actually beat him. It was literally chess. Yeah. There, was like a, there wasn't a checkmate, but he was in check. Yeah. Well, and it just showed. Like, yeah, it was just kind of this interesting thing. And it's showing Brian a different side of Justin. It's like, oh, okay, I mm-hmm. see you. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I like, mean, he matched yeah. him. Yeah. But in, in they, I think it also revealed what he did ultimately want, at least for for that night in that moment. Because what we've heard um, Emmett and Michael saying the whole this whole time, is not, he can have yeah, anybody uh-huh, uh-huh. in here. Uh, he could have had any uh, the the two guys he's been hunting for, or anybody else. But he chose to have Justin in that moment, and I think that's a really huge thing. So speaking of that, uh, one I want to point out Emmett dancing up on that catwalk. Do not miss that. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, yo, Emmett was throwing it. it. Okay, he sure was. <laughs> He was straight killing yeah, it. Yeah, if you have Throwing the ability, hips. go back and just watch that part of the episode. If you don't have time for the whole thing, just please don't miss Emmett's dancing there. <laughs> but also, don't miss Michael's face as he's watching this. And you have to keep in mind Sourpuss. that Michael just got rejected by mm. Brian in the bathroom. And then now he sees Brian, because when Brian you know, goes over and literally pushes those other two guys off Justin, pulls him to himself, is licking his throat, like picks him up, you know, it's just like doing the most. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know that this is normal Brian Kenny behavior, but that's what he's doing. And so Michael is watching this and um this might be a reach, but I think it fits. So in the very first episode, uh-huh. Uh, when they're coming out of Babylon and Brian spots Justin, Michael says, because you know, he, he's doing the voiceover, Michael says, um, and that's when it happened, when he came along. Okay, so when Michael is speaking at that point, we don't know. The switch of Brian we don't, Kenny. We don't know where he, we don't know if he's a year ahead, if he's right. five minutes ahead. We don't know what he's talking about. But earlier I said these first three episodes uh-huh. were kind of shot as a one, big movie. one big movie, one major episode. And so... I think Michael is standing in this moment and he's watching Brian pull Justin in and push the other two guys away. And he's asking the question, you know, Michael is asking the question, how did we get here? How is this happening? You know, what led to this moment? And as the three of them, Brian, Michael and Justin are locked in this almost staring contest. I think Michael's mind is going back to that first night outside of Babylon when Brian and Justin first met each other. And he's saying, oh, now I see it. Now I know exactly when things shifted. It happened the minute he came along, you know, the minute Justin came along. 
I think that's what the writers were trying to convey. And not only that, but their three worlds are going to be entwined in some way going forward, at least for our near future. And we don't know exactly how that's going to look or turn out. And neither does Michael. And so I think the voiceover from episode one is actually a projection of Michael's thoughts in this scene as he's standing up on the balcony watching them dancing, as he's watching Justin be the one who claims his prize, not Brian. And he's also watching Brian willingly let himself be bested by this kid. Um, So I think Michael is thinking when Justin came along, that is when my world shifted, Brian's world shifted, and Justin's world shifted. Well, Justin's for sure. (laughs) Justin is the man right now. He's a senior (laughs) in high school. He's hanging with all these grown people. He can take his best friend out on a strip and meet people, (laughs) talk to the lady who knows everybody at the diner. I mean, he's the man right now. Yeah. Okay, and Michael's just a sourpuss right now because he's feeling second best, well, third best, really, as always, you know? so I think it ends with him, and he has this kind of resigned smile on his face where he's like, yeah, of course, that's mm-hmm. how the night ended. <laughs> you know, and like, there ain't nothing else he can do about that. That's just Point kind blank, of... Period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was um, episode 103 and wraps up what they refer to as the pilot. Yes. Um, But yeah, that really sets us up for a whole lot. What's going to happen with Ted, you know? Oh, I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried. Because <laughs> yeah, that's how the scene yeah. ends. You well, know, and so, I'll, uh, yeah, um, well, I guess I can spill the beans for the British series. Ted's character dies <gasps> in the British series. Uh-uh. So we have to see if that gets brought over into this one or not. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, guys. So, I mean, <laughs> for you guys who are out there like me, that means you definitely got to tune in again yeah. for another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. And I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we thank you guys. If y'all have any questions, please let us know. Send us messages. Reach out to us. We're definitely um, looking forward to hearing from you guys. What do you guys think? Thank you guys for tuning in. Y'all have a good night and we out. Bye. Bye.